It's Friday morning, October 2nd, and the resident has coronavirus. I repeat, the resident and the worst lady have coronavirus. Do we remember when this man said that (laughs) someone at some news outlet asked him, you know, how he felt about the rallies and the proximity and the no masks. And he said, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm pretty far away up on the stage. (laughs) No, it's fine because I have have plenty of space. I'm I'm pretty far away from folks when, when I'm up there. So that man, as CNN reports, in a high-risk category, being not just 74, but also obese, positive for coronavirus. We'll see what it means. Most likely something more terrible, not better, but more terrible. Thanks for joining me. This is People Have Corona. People Have Color podcast in the age of Corona, October 2020. Hi, everyone. This is Corinne, and welcome to the People Have Color podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hi. I said white man a few too many times on Twitter last night. It's after debate night, and... I fucking tweeted last night in rage looking for Twitter engagement uh, for myself to deal with my emotions about the presidential debate and it worked. Uh, I really got into the Twitter commentary I was reading. Uh, It was frenzied and I have an ongoing scrutiny of my Twitter activity that I'm doing observation and scrutiny analysis of my Twitter habit because I don't dwell on Instagram. I spend very little time on Instagram. I'm very clearly connected to the what feels sickly, cloyingly sick about that and uh, Facebook as well. I'm over them. I'm over Instagram and Facebook. I spend more time on Instagram because, you know, there's a lot of good stuff on Instagram. I don't spend a lot of time on it because I can feel really in a straightforward way how gross it is for me to spend too much time on it. What it does to my sense of like what side of gross I'm on. So I don't mess with it a lot. And Facebook hardly ever. I'm really like, what are my network alternatives besides Facebook? Because I'd really rather not spend any time there. I don't need it. And I I don't feel like I've I've missed anything by being off of it. Although I know there's lots of stuff that's still on Facebook. Um, The Proud Boys are on there. I'm pretty sure. So I don't really mess with it. And I'm at a little bit of a loss of what to do next. I'm on a couple of Mighty Networks now. Mighty Networks is really doing its thing out here. As an alternative for women, I'm noticing, is it, is Mighty Networks a, a, a chick thing? What is it? Uh, is it where I'm going next? If I'm really looking for the uh, community experience I'm looking for in a way that's not deeply toxic. Side note, Nash Austin launched, uh, soft launched this 
social network for black folks, uh, or at least FUBU black folks for everyone. And I'm in, and I saw a lot of celebrities say they were in as well already. So, you know, Firefest, hashtag Firefest, uh, influencer. And I, I'm also with it. Uh, Nash Austin has a solid brand with Ethel's Club, uh, which I, I don't know if, if it has a mighty network. Maybe it does. I don't know. I'm not a member. Uh, so anyway, I don't feel like I have an Instagram or a Facebook habit. I really feel resolved about those. Where I waste my adult time is on Twitter and in WhatsApp. And I don't think they're wastes of time. I think they're actually like really productive, filling, fulfilling, nourishing parts of my online habit. And I do know that I probably spend way too many hours, in fact, online. Like I do spend too many hours online, on my phone rather, just like staring at it. But I do still find Twitter edifying. And I would like anyone who's listening to this, who wants to, uh, call bullshit on that or call me in about that because I find my Twitter to be really edifying the experience I'm having with it I have follow it's I follow really good people I really want to be in conversation with them they don't know who I am I talk to them anyway and I really enjoy it last night um I'm more free on whatsapp okay because whatsapp is like my real friends and uh I'm honest with them and when I'm honest with my real friends, God, I say good shit. Like, I really feel my WhatsApp presence. And I wonder if other people feel that way about their own WhatsApp presence. It's, God, WhatsApp is fun because I really be in my zone sometimes in WhatsApp, like really saying what I think. And that is stimulating as an adult, particularly as an adult, like feeling like I'm in and entering my adult prime of productivity and potential. Also, as like a productivity potential specialist, professionally, <laughs> boring. Um, my point is, I watched the debate last night in community, but online virtual community. People who were my audience for talking about big things in the most engaging way possible. So Twitter really got me through last night. I mean, Wanda Sykes this morning with a butt on bum about, oh God, her, that joke was so good. It's so good. I'm going to post it and not say it because I don't want to ruin it. Um, it's that good. It's not worth ruining. It's a Twitter joke. It's really good. Uh, okay. So motherfucker, I said white men on Twitter last night an uncomfortable number of times. I don't be loose like that with my Twitter account. And am I supposed to be like, I have a Wakanda cover photo on Twitter. Okay. I'm loose out there with my identity. Like I'm trying to be my real self. But saying white men was so uncomfortable and I didn't realize I was there into that discomfort, though I'm married to a white man. So I want to like honor what my blind spots around my chosen life. Uh, anyway, I was surprised to find it so uncomfortable to say white men out loud on Twitter in a way that would not be uncomfortable on WhatsApp for me with my real friends. And I was surprised by it. Like I was surprised by a lot of that fucking debate. And I'm not alone in that, so I won't get into it. Um, Although I said some good shit about it today that was clarifying for me, which is that it wasn't surprising and it was alarming to experience the president of the figuratively free world, quote, free world, 
the man who sits in the chair of of leader of the free world be so belligerently verbally violent on international tv it's still jarring and alarming and unsettling and upsetting for me and so i dealt with fucking that by choice and then the motherfucking chosen alternative is joe biden a very decent man who is far from the best choice just the choice period and that was fucking depressing and sad and upsetting and in a different way painful is really how i would describe it that's painful it's painful to contemplate and i know this is the devil at work this is not like zen buddhist of me enlightened on the path of enlightenment i will acknowledge i am back uh, like uh, i'm taking backward steps whatever the expression is when i say imagining elizabeth warren this is the way i'm married to these broken systems is that i cannot let go the fantasy of elizabeth warren bodying this man last night like you know she would have like you know she did in her house oh the pain of what we missed oh i'm gonna sit in it okay because pema i'm talking about pema children you know who i'm talking about pema would knows and would advise that i feel and be with my reality right now, which is pain and lament over the Liz Warren we, we will never see on that stage that we deserve, that we didn't get, that we'll never get, that the truth of is that we didn't get it. For whatever good reasons my systemic analysis and learned lived American experience uh, has implanted in my brain that I'm fucking right about I'm attached. I'm attached, y'all. I'm attached (sighs) to the future that isn't, to the future that will be. Hope I just feel it and be with it. Mmm. Mmm, that good pain. Mmm. I feel it. And I was in those feelings, unexpressed, unarticulated last night, fresh and raw. Woo! And I am coming out of those feelings when I share this thing that I wrote that I may post in blog form to accompany this episode. Out loud! Here I go, talking out loud. I don't know what the smart strategy is. All I know is that strategery is the devil. It got us here. The devil got us here. On that much, we agree. Mostly enough for me to not be distracted by who doesn't. And last week's episode was about the Toni Morrison lesson of distraction. That is so deeply relevant today, revelatory and informative to push us through this moment and feel it and be with it in progress and abundance and acceptance and reality. Woo! 
Live your life, y'all. Don't let your life pass you by. Live it. Be with it. Be in it. That's what progress is. We are capable of a lot. There's a fucking so much joy and beauty and progress and hope in this world. And it's just not consolidated and packaged and, and mediated for us on, on Netflix. We just, we don't have it in a way that we can understand it narratively as the truth that it really is. Our narratives are white supremacist and patriarchal and genocidal. So here I am preaching at 15 minutes and just like, that. it's enough. But I wrote this heady thing about that fucking debate where the man in the seat of commander in chief said, stand back and stand by. <laughs> oh, it's a farce, y'all. It's, it's a farce. And Twitter did help me through that last night. For real. So absurd. Black Twitter is real and relevant and valuable. I just want to be with my people and serve them and feel joy and live this life that I won't get again. So, so yeah, I said white men an uncomfortable number of times on Twitter. That's where I started. That's where I began in acknowledgement and acceptance of how hard it is to say white out loud and stand by it as the man we call president today did last night on international television for history to record. We saw him say stand back and stand by to white supremacy, literally, not figuratively, literally. That's an, uh, an event that occurred last night in, in world history. And then, I find myself struggling to say white out loud as I'm consuming this terror in my free social media. Okay. Is my social media free? I'm not going to go there. It's hard to feel that challenge of saying white out loud, but it made me think of white solidarity, which is a concept I learned from my consumption of white fragility this summer as Robin D'Angelo came to the fore of the culture, of my culture, and explained to me and showed me the, for the first time a thought I've been chewing on since that white solidarity, which is the part about pretending or ignoring whiteness for the sake of whiteness um, in the presence of, of people who identify as white, who you identify as white, it's basic security. It's in, in the five Maslow levels of human like need and yearning, security is first. You don't get shit else without it, right? Like security is the thing that we're constantly sh struggling with. And I've said on this podcast before that Maslow's hierarchy is like, it, it's not sequential. They, they coexist, those levels. You have to have them all at all times or in varying degrees at different times. In any case, security is one we never stop struggling with. Security is at base. It's the core of the distraction that racism gets us. It's like you're constantly distract distracted by the need to feed yourself in a recurring, smart, evolved way. 
you're a fucking human being in 2020. You expect a lot of ease, a lot more ease to feed yourself than some of us get. And the mind fuck of that is the problem of our systems, right? We are way past and progressed and evolved past the way that many of us live day to day. So that reality means that many of us to survive live in solidarity with whiteness and hold whiteness for security, right? This is the thing coming crumbling down uh, in the wake of George Floyd, in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, the movement for black lives, Colin Kaepernick's influence, Martin Luther King's influence, Malcolm X's influence, the influence of a rolling history, Ida B. Wells' influence, Ida Bay Wells' influence, the influence of critical race theory as it has evolved over time, as long as there has been uh, a critical racial experience to learn from. I'm taking this shit too far right now. Fuck it. Two tears in a bucket. I'll cut that. Is that copyright infringed? No, that's creative common use. Okay. So anyway, we're all holding solidarity with whiteness for the sake of our physical safety at all times, right? It's one of the things. That's what the talk is. You talk to your black children about the need to, about what's possible to control in terms of their safety in a world under threat of white terrorist violence, white supremacist violence. That's what the talk is, right? So we all have this fear, carry this fear and this way of, of holding a sense of security around whiteness and white fragility as a, as a cover, as a container for that white so that solidarity is, the, is a fear of death, is the fear of dying at the hands of a loss of whiteness, of the threat of whiteness. The threat of whiteness, either to lose it causes you death or to transgress against it causes you death. That's the essence of white fragility, which is how we can all share it because we do. If you're going to go there and hold the truth that race is constructed the way gender is constructed, race and gender are systems of meaning, social systems and cultural norms and learned like ways around understanding and exploiting our nature. I'm not going to go too deep into that. All I know is that race and gender are constructed. And I will, I wrote something much smarter about this that I'll just post. My main point is we have to go there to hold equality and freedom. We know it's possible. We know it's actually like a thing we can be doing better at because it exists all around us. And we can't fucking string it together for the sake of humanity. It exists in pockets because it's undeniable and we will always seek it. And we just can't fucking systematize it. What we systematize is oppression and death and genocide and trauma. And maybe that's because we're not perfect. And I'm going to stop here because like, what the fuck am I talking about? We all still have to earn a living. And I'm out here earning a living and fucking promoting myself in a fucking podcast to talk to you right now. That's also intertwined with my need to just use my voice and practice it and honor it because I'm a motherfucking child of God, as we all are. And I do believe that I'm here to connect to that and serve that in service of my people and my world and my earth and my God. That's it. All power to the people. 
yeah, I'm pissed. I'm motherfucking pissed off. And yeah, you heard me. Yeah. All power to the people. Peoplehavecolor at gmail.com. Corinnals.com slash peoplehavecolor. At Dreams Preferred is my Twitter. At Corinsta.gram is my Instagram. Holler. Follow. Black Lives Matter. All power to the people. No justice, no peace. Peace.